Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things episode 101 on our brand new schedule. We are sponsored today by the most unique sponsor that we have ever had, not even close. They are named The Gradient of Disorder. It's a band with a new album, Cinderin. So yes. I'm going to talk a little bit about what this band is about. Uh, typically for like a sponsor, as you guys probably know, we don't do a shit ton. But for this one, since it was so unique, I figured we'd kind of make this a little bit different. So I'm going to enable a graphic so they won't see us for a bit. So Gradient of Disorder. Uh, the guy that messaged me is a longtime viewer of Dota Cinema, obviously podcast listener and a low-tier Patreon funder, as was his own words. It's an Austrian metal band with a special approach to music. And he gave me a couple of fun facts about the band, which their initials are G-O-D for obviously Gradient of Disorder. They were founded in a physics lecture at university where they decided who would learn which instrument. And you can see that as some kind of scientific approach or simply as lack of skills. <laughs> and then the second fact, they had merchandise, specifically t-shirts, before they even knew how to play music. And deriving from this, to the surprise of absolutely no one, it took them a decade to record this album. So they didn't even know how to play any instruments. It took them a decade to learn. They finally come out with it. And the album, in case you're wondering, is a mix of metal styles, tropes, and themes. And has a lot of funny stuff. I got to listen to it, as well as Cinderin. I'm going to put the link in the description of the YouTube video uh, for both like, the album itself and their little store hub, and I'll put it in the audio section as well. In fact, let me just put this in the Twitch chat in addition for the full album. So you got a chance to listen to this. What did you think? Yeah, I liked it. Uh, I think from the album, I think overall, I'm not exactly a like super expert when it comes to like subgenres or whatever, but I think this probably comes closest to power metal, I would say. Uh, for those who are, I'm sure I'm going to get corrected in the comments by people who are like, no, this is not technically power metal. It's technically a little bit more in this direction or whatever. And that's fine. But that's uh, that's the closest I can get. Uh, I think my favorite song in the album was probably Inch by Inch. Um, but yeah, it's for a debut album. I think it's good stuff. And I think the story is really fun, right? It's yeah. it's an amateur band that went through with something like this. And that's just, it's just cool, right? It's That's the kind of thing that you want to support. Um, so I hope you guys take a chance to check it out. Especially if you like metal, you might find some songs in here that you really enjoy. Um, yeah, so check it out. Yeah, very cool stuff. Thank you for sponsoring this episode. Again, the most unique sponsor of all time. <laughs> Not even Yeah, close. it's pretty cool, actually. Uh, I thought it was really funny. Yeah, a very cool story, like you said. So check them out, guys. Again, I'm going to put the links in the description to all the good stuff we have coming out. Okay, so let's get started with the patron shout-out, Cinderman. I uh, don't remember which... Yes. If you're first half, I'm first half, but I'll take it. Uh, send, please prep for episodes and don't wing everything. Still like you, though. Okay, good. Thank Manu, you. Uh, Manu, I've just finished listening to the entire 100th episode in time for the 101st episode. Congrats and thanks for the help this week. Thank you, friend. Welcome. You don't need to say something after every name, by the way. Okay. Uh, Saipuaki Vikaupias. I wonder I, what that means. It's a I, Finnish word. I tried. The U.S. is the position two of the world, think it's the best, needs to have the spotlight, and wants to be the flashiest. Eh, oh, it's, probably, it's the longest known palindrome. Is that a word, though? That is a, that is a palindrome. It's a 19-letter Finnish palindrome hmm. for a dealer in lye, huh. which is caustic soda. Cool. Okay. Uh, Telcantar underscore prime. T okay, this one we had to edit. It was borderline unacceptable. And I, anytime it's like even remotely close, I'm just going to change it. Team secret running train on my bleep. 
while I lose mid to a fucking techies. Okay, thank you. Uh, crapping on the shoulders of giants. <laughs> These names. Now that one's fine, though. <laughs> that one's fine. When Cinderin didn't get an Academy Award for playing the Leprechaun in the Leprechaun series, I was outraged. P.S. Almost done. Chakar, Boyko, oh. Ustavko, Mutro, the Megapope, We Say Thongs, a footwear or undies podcast, T.I. in New Zealand. <laughs> Zan Xavier, Sunsfan Pudge, Omega Lol, Nate Thicko, Zero One Hamscroats, Mrs. Fellowship of the Ping, and think they should come back as Return of the Ping and Episode 100 Wrestling Match I'm in. Be ready to enter the frying pan. Also, thanks to... You really strategically gave this one to me, didn't you? Punching my dad's scrotum so fast while he's asleep as if I'm Ursa Warrior trying to burst a stunlocked viper. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, Lick oh. Shark TM Lion Spammer. Nice. You love this guy, Shannon. Novi Panda. Dop. Eating Chosnick makes you happy and healthy. Underscore man. Ben Broomhead has been lazy with his Patreon. Sorry. Happy 100 episodes, though. It's been a wild ride. Very nice. Ben is back. Pitch Black, Wooden Aftertaste, Duntalk, Dyslexic Lawyer, Joseph Batchik, I think that's how it's pronounced. Peter, the word fuck is said 126 times in this 107-minute film in Bruges, an average of 1.18 fucks per minute. Niebling, awesome. Ronnie Keel, and Perka the Dirk. That's a great statistic. Yeah. Thank you. This list is growing, isn't it? It, it's it seems quite huge. I mean, the segment Thank is now like very much. 10 minutes long, it feels like. Yeah. Like, good stuff. That's okay. crazy. Awesome. Um, so we have a couple recommends segments before we get started. The Suns fan recommends. Mm. Uh, you guys might remember I had some book recommendations back in the day. There's this series I've been reading that I find to be my favorite fantasy other than Harry Potter of all time, even better than, in my opinion, Stormlight Archives. Shit, it's getting dark in my room. It's okay. You can go AFK. Uh, the series is called The Cradle. It's a 10-book series, and the ninth book just came out like in the last few weeks. I read it. I highly recommend. Again, it's each book is like relatively short, like 250 to 350 pages, somewhere in that range. Uh, literally no characters I dislike, which is very unusual. There are no boring parts. Very unusual. Like Stormlight is a really good series, but there's a lot of like, ugh, just get this shit over with, get to the next good part. But The Cradle, uh, extremely good. I would highly recommend it. Uh, but Cinderin, you recommend something. Yes. The author is Will Wright, W-R something something. You can, you can find it. Yeah, I also have a recommend this week. Um, I've been watching a TV show. I'm sure some people will be familiar with this one called The Bridge. I don't think you would know it, though. Um, it's four seasons. We've watched the first two, Susie and I. Uh, it's a Danish-Swedish crime series um, with very, very good ratings, and we've been enjoying it a lot. I think... Uh, for the very, very most part, the writing is very good and the characters are interesting. Um, so I think that's something also you might enjoy. I don't know if you and Nikki watch like crime series together or crime shows in general. Not really. Like CSI. As far as, like as, that, as, far as they go, this one is really good in my opinion. Uh, so I would recommend you check it out. Great. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry. The, the author. It's on of... Netflix, by the way, Shannon. So great. Netflix, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely not watch it. Uh, yeah, the, okay. You have two years. It's Will White, W-I-G-H-T. I don't really ever pay attention to the author's names. But anyway, it's a great stuff. Okay, uh, let's get our NBA question out of the way sooner. Oh, I'm so, I'm so fucking ready. Uh, what's sitting with a, my fidget cube. My pulse is going up. I'm going to keep interrupting you so you can't ask the question. What's a double dribble? A double dribble? Is that where you dribble with both hands on the ball and that's not allowed? Oh, okay. You finally got one right. Nice. Yes. Yes. That's right. Very good, Cinder. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, it is a violation. Uh, it's essentially, I mean, it's just a turnover. So it's similar to like traveling and whatnot. But yeah, if you touch both hands, if you have both hands on the ball at the same time at any point, um, it's a turnover. Okay. That was easy. Good job. I wonder why the that became a rule. Because it's isn't well, it awkward to dribble with both hands? Well, it's not about dribbling with both hands. Let's say you have the ball, right? You dribble uh -huh. it, you pick it up. You can't yeah. dribble it again. 
So if you could dribble, if you could have both hands on at all times, then that wouldn't be. That's also double dribble. Uh huh. So you know what I mean? Like, you get past the ball, you can right. pivot, you can stand in place, then you can dribble it a bit if you want, and if you pick it back up, you cannot dribble it again. If you do, that's double mm-hmm. dribble as well. So that's the other yeah. way to get that. Okay. Uh, last thing. Uh, again, I talked about this to Cinder and that he can do the same. If you have announcements for your stream at any point, by all means. I figured a lot of people follow me from back in the day. Well, not a lot, but there's a few people out there that follow me from back in the day in Heroes of New Earth. Uh, this, is it Saturday? This Saturday, the 24th. So as of this recording, it's two days from now, essentially, <clears throat> day and a half. I will be doing a Heroes of New Earth stream, which was my sub unlock at, I think it was back at 150. But we'll be playing Heroes of New Earth, aka Han, the entire day with my good friend Zeno and don't really have any plans past that. But if you ever even wondered why I'm so obsessed with the idea of Han, you'll see like cool heroes. You'll see Dota heroes that have better turn rates that are just more enjoyable to play. It's going to be a fun time. And you'll see why Ice Frog left. Uh, you'll see some of that, yeah, probably. Okay. Do they? Let's... I do they still? What servers do they have in I Han? Don't know. I I couldn't tell all? you. Okay. Well, that's exciting. Han stream and then the game doesn't exist. What are you yeah, going to do then? If there's no servers, then I mean, I played a couple years ago, so they they had it. Ah, oh, there's got to be servers. There's no yeah. way. Okay, seven point two nine B Cinderman. We have a lot of very minor changes. Does anything yep. stand out to you? I was expecting certain things to get mega nerfed, but that was not the case. Uh, PL probably got the most significant nerfs. He's still really strong though. It felt like they didn't want to over nerf anybody. They're they're very careful. What do you think? Yeah. Well, first of all, the majority of the way, like the ideology in this patch seems to be the most of the things, or at least a lot of the changes, are just improving base stats to compensate for heroes becoming weaker when they lost stuff, right? Antimage gets armor, Bad Rider got some damage. Um, what was it that was more further down? Hoodwink got a bit of strength. Huskar lost a bit of stats because he was considered too powerful. Kunkka got base stats. Lifesteal lost some base damage. Lycan got base stats. Uh, Weaver got a lot of base stats, Peel lost base stats, blah, blah, blah. So it looks like the approach right now is, okay, what heroes have absurd or very high win rates or very low, and then we boost them in the base stat department and see how it goes. Like, when I read this change log, I was like, this is probably the biggest buff I've ever seen Weaver get. He got four base int, three base agi, and a better attack animation. And I was like, wait, wait, what? And then I looked at the hero's win rate, and it was terrible. Mm. <laughs> so then it made sense, right? Um, I tried playing Weaver with this. It feels really good. So, um, yeah. I think the majority of the changes, I don't know how much you want to go into detail. Dawnbreaker, uh, Brinker. Dawnbreaker is not a part of this patch because she got separate uh, buff and nerf patches in between last episode and this one. Like four of them, um, I think. I think two or three, two patches, I think. Yeah, like eight. Something like eight patches, I'm pretty sure. Um, Beastmaster is worth mentioning. The The Wild Axis build is crazy, and it's probably still overpowered. Uh, but it got nerfed a little bit, at least with the Scepter. So we still see I would like to talk a little time. bit about Dawnbreaker, Shannon. Because I remember okay. you looked at the design, and you were like, I don't like it. I don't like the way these spells work together. I hate that I can't use my first spell while my hammer is up, blah, blah, blah. I, yeah, okay. I have played this hero so much already. Mm-hmm. I fucking love it. And I the like consensus was that the hero is terrible. Who said uh, then this? Then it got buffed. No, when it, right when it came out. Okay. Right? On the first day, it had like 35% win rate. It was really bad, right? Then it got a lot of buffs, and people learned how to play it a little bit. And now I think the hero is very strong. Uh, but even then, there's still... Like, I still see people saying, man, Dawnbreaker is so bad. And I even had a game the other day where someone was like, Manson, just pick a real hero for fuck's sake. And I'm like, dude... I'm winning two out of three games on this hero right now. So I think um, the hero as like a laner is maybe the best in the game, honestly. It's like way too strong. Like the Q Well, the W is great for farming. The Q just does I think it just was way too much damage right now. But like my complaints Same. weren't about the concept at all. Really. You didn't like that you couldn't use Q while you hammered. That's no, all I remembered. That, but you liked the rest. No, I didn't like the way she looked. 
that's just a visual mm-hmm. thing. And yeah, some of her spells feel clunky and it's unnecessary that you like some of the stuff they put in, like if you connect it to the lore and we're not gonna have this conversation again, but playing her that's even fun. like, again, there's a lot of Dota heroes that are clunky, but are fun. Right. Mm-hmm. And my opinion, which I'm going to stick with until the day I die is that the heroes can still be balanced and not feel clunky. It's actually possible right. to have both. So why not mm-hmm. do that? Uh, but despite the clunkiness, I mean, she's my kind of hero, right? That is she's my, really fun to play. That's my kind of hero. She's she's quite a bit of fun overall. Dude, when did she come out? That's the clunkiness. It's been a couple weeks now. What was Dawnbreak released? Okay, I'm just going to look this up. See how disgusting I am. Oh, I'd like to announce that I finally did win a game on Dawnbreaker today. Uh, I was previously nice. zero and nine. Uh, but I, I, again, one of the games, the W didn't work, and the other eight, we were ahead, I was owning, and we lost. So it has nothing to do with me. Okay. Just it came out April 9th. So that's 13 days ago. Guess how many games I have on it? 24. 40. I've played it an average of three games per day since it came out. Are you on the leaderboard by any chance? I don't know. I'm 25 and 15. That's not good enough to be on the leaderboard. I don't know. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that reaction. Good good shit. Okay, so yeah, that's that's 7.29B. Um, I'm expecting another version of this in the next couple weeks, honestly. Uh, Beastmaster, in my experience so far, not just in the pubbing, but from pro game yes. watching the DPC, oh. he's either banned or picked every game. And the one game yeah. that I remember seeing that he wasn't banned, the opposing team, which I believe was four Zoomers, they were against an inferior opponent. And it's like they were trying to make them, let them pick it and then counter it. But it required like three or four different heroes with specific itemizations. And the game still ended up like 50 minutes despite them being like the overwhelmingly better team. So Beastmaster is mm-hmm. still just crazy, I think. He is really, really good. I don't know. That, that got to do something about the Axis build still, I feel. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, how are you liking the patch overall so far? Because now we've got to play it for like two weeks. And we had like our theories going in with what it would feel like with the patches to the dynamic with bounty runes and macro and the new map and everything. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, so my friend Glex brought this up today because I didn't really fully even recognize it. But it, it's a very brawl heavy patch, which. Mm-hmm. it's literally heroes of the storm but like i don't personally mind that as much because the reason i didn't like heroes of the storm is because everything just looked awful and the heroes were designed horribly where dota that's not really the case so if you're fighting all the time it's you know it can get old over time i suppose it's just constant fighting at least in my pubs uh but i think the the rune situation again i'm just speaking from my experience mm-hmm. uh and i guess on some level watching the pro dpc but mid lane just feels much lower skilled, which I love because I can play mid now. I just spam out my shit. I get the water runes. Nobody's going to come get those. Like, is that really worth your time and attention to come get it each might one? Be. I mean, that's theoretical, but mm-hmm. I think it's at this point, it's not set in stone whether it is or isn't, right? So that makes it a little bit right. more flexible, which I know that you like overall. So mm-hmm. I- I'm enjoying the patch thus far what about you yeah i'm i'm i've been the patch has been good to me but it's obviously easy to be biased i've gained quite a lot of mmr and i've been obviously because of that i've been winning games i've been having fun uh i don't know if i feel like this patch is more brawl heavy than the last one i just think when new patches come out that's like the default style that people go to right if you don't have any guidance in the game a lot of the time you will just go fight because it feels like then you're doing something right Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I don't know if that is the appropriate playstyle, so to speak, for the patch or like the best one. And hopefully there is no best one. That's kind of my hope for the patch is that because of the more rubber bandy effect when you're behind and because of the different value of playing the map in different ways, maybe you can both play fight heavy, but also play for protect one or maybe even I've been seeing some teams do a little bit of tri laning, which is nice, you know, all of these like. I think OG, for example, in a couple of games ran tri lane and just let Seb solo off lane for a few minutes, which is refreshing to see. It's like old stuff that's resurfacing a little bit. Um, whether it's good enough is 
what we need to find out, but I hope it is. I hope it's worth trilating sometimes. I hope it's worth uh, fighting over the four-minute runes sometimes, even though it's just a water rune, and other times it isn't. Um, and it's been really refreshing. Like, I've had to... I don't know how many games I've played now in this patch, and every time it turns day to night, my mind says, go get the bounty rune. And okay. I just don't have to. It's not there. Like, I don't I, have to fucking go Almost every night. game, the but. beginning, I always end up by the secret shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, like muscle. It really like, takes time to get like, used to. There's but. no runes there anymore, young man. Um, Kicks in eventually, but yeah. But so far, I'm a huge fan. Um, I really, really like this patch. It felt like a breath of fresh air to me. Um, and then the question is if it can stand the test of time, right? Like two months down the line, does stuff get figured out too much? Does it end up, blah, 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 being too one-dimensional but for now it seems there's a lot of variety and then there's just the outlying heroes that are just bonkers right like beastmaster uh talking from a pro perspective here in pubs i would say dawnbreaker is one of the best heroes in the game but a lot of players don't play it so like maybe it's because they're practicing for pro games or because they don't like the hero find it clunky like you said well, I think, a lot I of think the hero objectively stuck, is just really fucking good. But. I think they're stuck in the past, which was like a two-day period where it was a 35% win rate and a W literally didn't work. So, yeah. I <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a pretty... But, that, I don't think it's really much of an opinion to say Dawnbreaker's strong right now. I yeah, agree. It's a very good hero. I think it's going to get nerfed again, probably. But it's it's a little bit tricky to balance it, I think. So we'll see what ends up being done. Okay. That was 7.29B. Next, uh, this is something yep. that we brought up in the past that we were working on. Uh, Buka and I have released publicly the Dota 2 Tooltips Twitch extension to uh, pretty good reception. Uh, I'll leave this link also in the YouTube as well as... Very good reception. Don't undersell it. People love this. Pretty good reception. There's a blog post. Very modest. There's a blog post that I made on my website that kind of is like an FAQ, as it were, that answers a lot of general questions about the extension as a whole. But if you haven't really caught this before, essentially, you, as a viewer, you can check the spells and items and uh, for the player playing, and you can check the top bar as well. And they're going to be adding a lot of stuff in the future. So something that we added since the time I talked about it, uh, there's two modes that automatically get enabled um, when the streamer, who's the person that's supposed to be enabling this on their stream. So if you want to see this on other streams that don't have it enabled, you're going to have to just bug the streamer because it's free to use right now. Uh, but when they install it properly with the GSI file, there's two modes. So if you're playing a game, when the streamer's playing a game, it's a little bit limited. But the top bar, essentially the best way to explain this is after up to three minutes, we automatically take the, a screenshot of the Twitch thumbnail so we can recognize what the heroes are. So you can just check like the general information of those heroes. It's not like going to show their items or anything like that. Um, but for the player who's playing, you can see his HUD, aka his spells, the general information about them, the ags, the shard, his items, um, but nobody else he clicks on because that's the information that we have, right? So you might have seen this in like a tournament broadcast before, not ours, but just the you know, the same kind of idea. And tournaments have all the information, right? They're in the yeah. actual lobby. So they literally have all the information. So all we can do is get the information from the streamer. And if he has information about what items another player has on the other team, he's cheating. So obviously we don't have that information. Uh, so that's the gaming mode. And then spectating becomes more like a tournament where you have pretty much all the information on the fly yeah. uh, updated in real time. So we tried to make it a little bit easier to understand, but obviously there needs to be education. And it is available on Android. iOS will be next. It's a little bit more limited than the PC version, but um, yeah. What did you think? Uh, you you beta tested it for like a week or two before we publicly released. Yeah, I <clears throat> I really like it. There's been super much positive feedback on my stream. Like I've been plugging it in my titles and asking people what they think. And there's so many people that just come and say, this is awesome, you know. <clears throat> it's really <clears throat> Jesus. It's really Good enhancing Lord. their um, it's really enhancing the viewing experience for people that they whether you're a beginner or an intermediate or even an, an expert player, there's information that you have access to while watching the stream that you wouldn't usually. Um so it's just it's an added layer for people that care more about the stuff. Um 
And that's great. Like if you're wondering, oh, I'm, I don't remember how the spell works. If you're a little bit more of a beginner or, oh, I wonder what this hero does when there's new heroes in the game. If you haven't played for a year or whatever, uh, you can read all of it while watching the stream. And if you're curious about, oh, I wonder why he's going these items or whatever, you can look at what they do concretely. And maybe you can, you know, infer from that what exactly is going on. So it's a really great way for people to learn and just enjoy more about, uh, about streams. So I'm super happy that I got to test it. I'm going to keep running it for sure. Uh, because people have been overwhelmingly positive. I don't even think I've seen a negative comment because that's the beauty of this, right? You can just switch it off if you don't like it. It's an extension. So, yep. really I good stuff. I appreciate it, uh, Mr. Sindarin. Uh, good work. So, things that we're going to be coming out with in the future. Uh, like I said, iOS will be next. Uh, we're going to add an item shop. So, a lot of people have asked for like the queuing, you know, when you're queuing an item to be able to check that, but it's actually really difficult yeah. to, to do. So instead, we're just going to come out with the actual shop. So you just click on, you know, where the shop shows up normally, and just the whole item thing comes up. Um, mm -hmm. Going to also add current items for the top bar when you're in spectating mode, because we don't currently have that one in. Uh, also, hero skill videos uh, integrated into that top bar as well. Um, ability draft support. That's This is Buka's passion. That's pretty freaking cool. You're playing a yeah. ability draft game. You can just see all the ability. Like, that's perfect. Um, we're going to be adding, I don't know exactly how we're going to do this yet, but you know, that pro MMR, uh, bot that a lot of, you probably have it too on your stream that it just automatically mm -hmm. shows like the, we're going to have something like that built in to the extension as well. Oh, that's nice actually. Yeah. I want to add a face cam info thing where again, don't know how we're going to implement it itself, but it will be funny if you click on the streamer's webcam and information comes up about them and they can just mm -hmm. choose whatever they want to show up, uh, more customization for people, uh, custom hero support for our mod pog and then localization stuff for different languages so right now it is free for first of all from the viewer perspective if you're watching a stream we're never really going to charge anything unless it's like some tip system which i'm not sure if we're ever going to do that anyway so for the viewers it's always going to be free and then for streamers we're currently seeing how much this is going to cost us from like a server standpoint and Depending on how much that is, we'll, we might add a subscription cost to like the bigger streamers that obviously will take up more server, uh, will make more server costs for make us. Make sure but, bigger streamers are right above me, okay? Yeah, I'll, I'll see what we can do. You're a huge nice. streamer, I'm pretty sure. We'll give you the maximum. Yeah, but I'm not big, so there's one right above me. Okay, good. Make it yeah. really expensive for Bulldog and Gorg. So it goes from huge to big, I see. Yes. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. Nice. So, yeah. That should be fun. Next thing is the DPC Cinderman. It has begun again, mm -hmm. season fifteen. All right, wait, what? Oh, that's Dream League season yeah, fifteen. Dream League DPC season, 15. season two, where I am doing <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the NA panel. I haven't gotten to watch any EU games. I haven't really had time between streaming and mm -hmm. doing the NA DPC. So you're gonna have to fill me in on what has happened with with EU because we do have a little bit of potential drama. With a tweet that was made? I yeah, can't even tell if it was I sarcastic. Guess. I guess. Do you want to talk about that first or some of the results? I think it's best to talk about the standings first, to be honest. Okay, go ahead with EU. So the narrative globally has changed a little bit after the first major, right? Where everybody was like, EU is the strongest region, they're the best, and then we get to the major, and for the first time in forever, EU gets no top three placement. Um Seeker got the highest placement with fourth, and then I think everyone else got ninth or lower, if I'm not mistaken, out of EU in that major. So it was a terrible result for the region. Um, so now people are looking at the region with different eyes, where it's like, okay, maybe it's not that strong. We'll see again next major, blah, blah, blah. It could have been just a bad event for them. Um, but for what it's worth, EU is really close again, for starters here. Uh, every team has won and lost, except... Hellbear Smashers and Alliance, who respectively have only lost and only won. Um, but even the series that they lost or won were two ones. So Alliance is 2-0 with two 2-1 two victories, and Hellbear Smashers are 0-2 with two 1-2 two series. So nobody's getting completely stomped and nobody's owning yet, and everyone else is 1-1. One one. So a lot of exciting stuff to come here. Uh, EU can literally go to almost any team with how it's going right now. So... The drama tweet, if you want to get into it, is basically I'll just I'll just read out the tweet. Sure. Uh, let me just open it here. So it was a tweet from Loda writing. I mean, I'm not surprised Kyle is a total clown with his predictions. 
but the fact that Fogged Iscariot did it too is just disappointing. So I had to Google Iscariot because I didn't know what it means. That was Judas's last name, um, apparently. Really? Okay, yeah. I, I didn't know. I thought, I thought it was some sort of autocorrect typo. It yeah. might be, which just makes it really funny if that's not what he went for. But that, like, what are the odds, right? So it's probably on purpose. Um, so I understand you can be like confident in your team. I think the most of the panel's predictions or whatever, or most of the talent predictions for, it was about where the teams would end in the bracket in the end. Like who gets out of the eight teams, where do they place? And I think most people had alliance around fifth. Uh, and it seems like Loda took that a little bit as a personal insult or whatever for their team. Uh, this is a strong division. There's a lot of teams, and you could easily make a case for four teams being above Alliance in this. So I'm not really sure if he's like what his perspective is. So, he might be coming in with a lot of confidence because he's like, our team is doing really fucking well in scrims. We're super strong. Nobody else knows that. Like hmm. People are just placing the teams the way they think. And based on the major, I don't think it's unfair to put Alliance fifth. Alliance bombed out. So... Like, so if I read this tweet and I didn't uh-huh. see the name who tweeted it, I would yeah. say this is 100% sarcasm. Like this is a sarcastic uh-huh. fucking tweet. But because it's Loda, right. I most people. I mean, I he never said that he's know. not. Jo- he never said he's not joking. And because mm-hmm. it's Loda and his history, I I, I guess he's not joking. <laughs> like that. That's a hilarious tweet, though. Like I could yeah. see Slacks tweeting this. Like this is literally a Slacks tweet, right? <laughs> I. It's unbelievable, actually. When you, I think it made it so much worse with the Judas thing. I did, that that actually made it like ten times worse. Yeah, I I think Loda is very he's very protective and very proud of his team, which I admire and I can respect that. Uh, but I think this is kind of just a bad read on what the talent predictions are, what they mean, and where people are coming from with it. I don't think there was any reason to go that hard on the talent for it. So that's just my opinion. Uh, it's fine if he thinks his team is fucking ownage and they're going to get top three easily. That's cool. But other people don't necessarily think the same and you got to prove it. And then you can be like, look, we're better than you guys thought. And then you can be proud of that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's feels a little bit out of line to me. I don't know. Yeah, that's definitely weird. That's the only word I can use to describe but he has... it. Loda is not afraid to be controversial and vocal when there's something he's really passionate and cares about, right? And that can come across as really arrogant and really inappropriate at times, I think. Uh, But I think he has the heart in the right place with this stuff for what it's worth. I don't think he's like, I just want to be an asshole to talent because I fucking hate them. He's like, my team is really good and we deserve more respect. So it's like from a... Is he... uh... I'm I'm taking the positive outlook here. Um, But yeah, that should have been written in a different way. Let's be be I I think... I could be wrong. It was, was it him that has always criticized casters for not knowing yes. as much as pro players or something like that? Yeah, there's been other instances with stuff like that where he's yeah. always very much on the player's side where he feels like a lot of the time the talent or the casters or whatever it is or the production will... He comes from a perspective where the players are made too much fun of or are not taken seriously enough. Uh, or are not understood enough by talent. And you can't expect the talent to understand the game at the level of play of the pros, right? So, um, But he's what, always pushing for, for that kind of What was the day like, nine agenda. TI? What TI was that? TI7? Oh, I think so. So he probably really liked the panel on TI7, is my guess. Maybe. I don't know. Very dry analysis. Nobody has a funny bone in their entire system. <laughs> Just, I'm not uh, sure. Okay, anyway. Well, people have different tastes. That's, that's fine. Yeah, that, that is fine. Uh, okay, so I, I don't really have much to add. NA, I've been doing, obviously, and for the most part, like none of the juggernauts have really faced each other at all, uh, by design, mm-hmm. I'm sure, in terms of scheduling. But right now, uh, no big surprise. Undying, Quincy Crew, EG, and four Zoomers are undefeated right now. But still, very early on. Uh, yep. Interesting team to talk about is Black and Yellow, who added uh, Eternal Envy. So mm-hmm. they've already lost one, actually, uh, to a team that was in the lower division last season. So, uh, yeah, but good to see Envy back. You know, he's one of those, you never know, like with him on the team, they could beat one of these big teams potentially. So it's always fun narrative to talk. It's always a wild card. Yes, indeed. Okay. So DPC, yeah, we'll just continue to Mm -hmm. talk about it week after week as we get new results. Yep. All right. Next thing is news from Netflix. I guess you could call it book two. Mm -hmm. Has officially been announced. Yes. The second season of Dota Dragon's Blood is in the works. 
Good job, everybody. We got a lot of views on the show, and they want to make season two. That's Very right. Nice. And they came out with a a screenshot from the next season with a tag saying, "It's happening. Dota Dragon's Blood Book Two is coming. Take a peek into what the next book has in store." And it looks like Luna. That's Luna, right? Mm-hmm. In the picture. I think so. Next to obviously Pangolier. Some people thought it was Brewmaster for some reason. That is obviously Pangolier. But I have a different theory. Okay, okay but they followed it up with I know what you're thinking, and it's not who you think it is. Right. It literally looks exactly like Pangolier. But go ahead. Pango does not have that body though. I mean he's not buff. Does he? Not big and buff. Yeah, he's not buff like that. He's built like Pango's agile, right? He's like slim and fast, and this guy looks like he went to the pub a couple of weeks too many in a row. So he has a he, he's kind of ripped. He's just got a he's beefy yeah, body. He, he, yeah, he's shield kind of, crash recently. He's got a lot of damage. <laughs> mid. He's kind of ripped, but also has a little bit of a beer belly, right? I mean, he's also sitting. So from a realism perspective, most people when they sit do have a little bit of a belly, but that's not usually how you draw an animated series, right? Like if you compare it to Luna, that's like, okay, that's way too much analysis on a fucking picture. But <laughs> I don't, I don't think this is Pango uh, because of the body. Um, so the question is: Is it a relative? Is it another pangolin, or is it uh, just a totally different character? Because in season one, a little bit of... Ah, this isn't even really a spoiler. There's been some characters in season one that looked a bit like heroes that weren't heroes. I don't remember, but there was like one or two that stood Bounty out. Bounty Hunter. Me, like I remember neutral that characters. One. Right. And then it wasn't him. It was just someone from the same, yeah. uh, same faction, right? Um, so... People but yeah, are I don't, I don't think this is Pangolier, well. but it looks... Um, it's interesting. And it makes you wonder, like, why Luna is seeing this guy, right? If he's like the f- the first immediate thing I th- I think when I see the still image is that she is there, either she's there for advice or he's some sort of trainer. Yeah, I think training immediately. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. what the setup so looks like. So for season two, again, we're not really going to be spoiling anything. Are you hoping for any char- new characters to be introduced? Like, what what's the top of your list? Pudge's. Obviously, both of ours. That's it's up there, so we won't even mention him. I'm not sure how to would implement something like that, but um, yeah. who, who would have for? a good? Who would be a good addition to the story? I feel like maybe someone, maybe PA would get involved. Well, it's about who we hope, not who we think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Brewmaster could be a fun character, couldn't he? Yeah, the brew and tusk and bristlebacks of the world. Yeah, yeah some of the some of the like brawly more. Angry so types. Could I be have cool, a. I, I don't know if they're gonna do this, but I have a two that I think would actually just make the series because they have the best back and forth. Can you guess who it is? By far, Kunkka and Tide. Kunkka and Tide. Like, how awesome would it be to have both of those in the show? Now, it's a very obvious it, rivalry to make at least. It, it. Now, I'm not gonna lie. If I was making a Dota anime. Just starting over, like forget about the story. It would be about Kunkka and Tide. <laughs> just this, like, it's almost like a Tom and Jerry. You know what Tom and Jerry is? Yes, it's so, a it's a move in basketball where one player runs after the other to try to get the ball. Yeah, very good. So Tom and Jerry okay. is the like old cartoon where a cat is being ch- uh, trying to chase this mouse and he just can never get it. Uh, something like that. Maybe it was the, maybe I think of the Coyote and the Roadrunner. It's kind of the same thing. Where Kunkka and Ty, uh, yeah. yeah, Kunkka and Ty just have the same dynamic. Where they're both just goofy. They have this huge rivalry. They keep fucking each other over. But I, I think that would make for some good shit, good TV, no doubt. Uh, is that not Tom and Jerry? I'm Tom. Uh, yeah, Tom, Tom and Jerry, Jerry is a cat is... and a mouse, and the cat almost always gets outwitted by the mouse. Yeah, and gets hurt somehow. Yeah, but then it's a cartoon, so they're always fine and regenerate. Right. Okay, um, so past that, there's news uh, that Free to Play is now available on Netflix. And then I'm on Netflix. Oh my god, I forgot that you're in this. Oh man, I yeah. gotta watch this again. All right, give me. Yeah, the, don't. What What was your? I probably cameo have a here? terrible, somewhat pretending British accent. And no, wait, this is no. This was recorded after that, so actually, it's fine. I think it's from. It was recorded in 2013 and released in 2014. You had a British accent so then, though. Right? No, that was in 2011. Really? No. Yeah, yeah. it was only a TI one. I'm no, because when we talked, you were on a video with me, it, so it must have been like TI two. That could have been 2012. That was TI two. Yeah. So 
2012, you still had a British accent. I, I, don't I know think in this interview, I sound more. It's not like I'm not making the point that sounding British is bad, but it felt <laughs> like my accent was more forced. Now it's yeah. just more natural. Like I'm just talking more. Like, yeah. So not that one's better than the other. I mean, were, were you? Did they have footage of you as a player as well as the post interview, like two years uh, later? I don't remember if I'm in my mouse jersey. I haven't watched it again. It's been ages. I don't remember if I'm now, in. Cinderin. I might be in the Mouse Force jersey. If I think it was shot at TI three, so I would have played at that TI, not cast, because mm. it was released in twenty fourteen, right? So the photo, yeah, the footage is from twenty thirteen. Yeah. Okay. Well, congratulations to you. You're on Netflix. Thank That's you. It's great to hear. It's huge for me. I've been getting so many uh, offers to star in movies, and I'm just filtering through to choose. They said my acting was really good. Understandable. Yes. Like pretending to like this video game and stuff. They thought it was very believable. Yeah, you did a very good job. You've actually spent yeah. the last 10 years doing it. Attend every job day on my stream that. as well. I'm really putting in the grind to get a contract with a That's good. A major Congratulations. Movie studio. Okay. It'll come any day, I'm sure. That is actually all the Dota 2 news. So, we have one more piece about Blizzard. Shorter episode today. It's been a long time since we mentioned Blizzard on this uh, on this podcast, but Jeff Kaplan, who is the Overwatch or was the Overwatch director, has now left Blizzard. So it this is like a doomsday type scenario for a lot of Overwatch people. I'm not gonna so for once I'm not gonna talk shit about the game. Not that anybody that really loves it that much watches this podcast anyway, but Jeff Kaplan did seem like a cuddly guy. He's like a passionate dev that wants to do right by the customers. He didn't put any like microtransactions in the game. You just paid for the game and you got everything. That's how the business model was for the most part. So obviously he was very excited and been working on Overwatch 2 for quite a while. It got delayed and now he's quitting. And, you know, there hasn't been any actual evidence to this, but people are assuming, which I think rightfully so, because of the way that it was written, his his goodbye note, as it were, uh, which I guess I could just read since we have time. Greetings, Overwatch community. I am leaving Blizzard Entertainment after 19 amazing years. It was truly the honor of a lifetime to have the opportunity to create worlds and heroes for such a passionate audience. I want to express my deep appreciation to everyone at Blizzard who supported our games, our game teams, and our players. Our game team. Wait, what? Oh. But I want to say a special thanks to the wonderful game developers that shared in the journey of creation with me. Never accept the world as it appears to be. Always dare to see it for what it could be. I hope you do the same. So a lot of people are guessing or at least connecting the dots that blizzard which is basically activision at this point let's be real are mm. wanting to do like microtransaction or something that he's fully against for overwatch 2 and he's just quitting before it comes out essentially or it's just a right. he not doesn't believe in the game for whatever reason now and just quitting and probably like the again speculation that he's going to be joining uh, Dreamhaven, which is like right. the old the ex Blizzard employee new company that yep. hopefully is like the old Blizzard. So, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, first of all, that's what I'm super hopeful for. Um, we've talked about this a couple months ago on the podcast about the Dreamhaven announcement and how it got me excited because it was part of the team that made the original World of Warcraft, which is one of my favorite games of all time. Um, still playing Classic, by the way. I play it a lot still. Now it's been out for a year and a half i'm still rolling um great great game um i hope i hope that dreamhaven can somehow make like bring back some of the glory of old blizzard that a lot of people miss uh and i think if someone like jeffrey kaplan joins that would be a huge asset to that company because he has designed and been part of some incredible games um out of coming out of blizzard so if uh from what i heard Blizzard, Blizzard, Blizzard have a clause in their contract, uh, some sort of anti-competition clause that means that if you leave the company, you cannot join a competitor and work with them for six months. I don't know if that's confirmed. Uh, it's what I heard. If I'm that's the case, that's... then he cannot work with Dreamhaven for half a year because of like industry secrets or whatever the company is working with at the time, right? I assume that would be if you take a severance package. If you just quit, I, I highly doubt. I don't know. It's all. All I'm saying is I heard it. It's 100% a rumor from my side. I don't know if that's true. Um, but mm. I would imagine that it would be in the interest of companies like this to put something like that in because of how volatile right. uh, the gaming industry is in general and how important it is to have the initial idea for a system or 
uh, a type of gameplay uh, when you present these and how relatively quickly you can implement at least a beta of something. Like imagine you see something really cool at Blizzard and then you have a falling out with them, you join another company and you kind of copy the system. You could do that within six months, some things at least. Mm. You could implement in your own game. So don't know uh, if that's the case, but I have my fingers crossed that he joins Dreamhaven and that Dreamhaven makes something really cool in the next few years. That's kind of my, my hope. Because... Um, yep. There's a, there's a pretty clear pattern with what people are out of Blizzard by now, right? It's like, all it's hard guys. not to read a lot into it. It's basically all of the old guard. This guy was like, the, from what I understand, he's kind of the last guy of the really old guard that made all of the legendary games. And now mm -hmm. they're all gone. So it's probably just like a conflict of ideology for how you should make video games. And if they all regroup in another company where they get to do things the way they want... Uh, that could bring some really great things. So I'm hopeful. I, I would not be surprised if Blizzard in the next decade becomes EA, essentially. Like, I guess the biggest difference between them is they have like this god tier lore that they kind of mm -hmm. like Activision just essentially bought. What was that? Like 20 years ago at this rate. But yeah, yeah I Blizzard is a mess, man. We've talked about it so many times, but. Yeah, Dreamhaven sounds sounds like a dream, no pun intended, because uh, the old Blizzard, I was a huge, that's the crazy thing. Just like you, I was a huge fanboy. Wasn't big into Diablo, mm -hmm. but StarCraft, like, Brudor was the best game of all time when it came out. Um, and obviously Warcraft 3 into Dota, so yeah. good stuff. Okay, let's get out of the Patreon mailbag. We'll do a couple questions. First question is from, is that Kuma? I'm having a hard time with my Kuma, contrast yeah. on my monitor. Kuma, I can read it. Uh, as a fan of the Phoenix Suns, which team do you hate more, the Lakers or the Spurs? Cinder, would you like to answer this question? I love them equally. That's not the correct answer. Um, that could mean I love them zero. So the, an the quick answer is the Lakers. It's not even close. But the Spurs did have their time in the sun. I hated the Spurs for quite a while because, I mean, in terms of like their organization, top-notch. Their coach, top-notch. Their players are really good. I thought Manu Ginobili was really annoying. Tony Parker cheated on Eva Longoria, and she's super hot, so that's kind of annoying. Uh, Robert Ori is literal scum of the fucking earth, probably my least favorite player of all time. Uh, his hip yeah. check into Steve Nash literally cost us a well, cost us two suspensions because the league is completely rigged, um, and that cost us a literal championship. And they were basically our rivals during that entire period of time. So, yeah, I hated the Spurs quite a bit, but the Lakers are just on another level. Uh, Laker fans are miserable human beings. I think, again, I'm I'm good friends with Pop Tart, who's an observer, and he's a Laker fan. I give him shit about it, but he's he's a good he's a good young lad. So I'm not saying all Lakers fans are like this, but they're notorious for having the worst fans of the NBA. It's like these little kids that are just given, uh, what, what's the right way to put this? Somebody that has everything at birth, you know, like mm -hmm. they, they just get everything they want. They just become spoiled brats, and then if they win, they brag about it. That's my biggest pet peeve in life, Cinderin. We have Trust a really me. good word for this in Danish. I don't know how it translates to English, but What's the word? we have a word called curlingban. Curlingban. So, you know the you know you know the sport curling, right? Yes. So basically, it it's like a child that has everything given to them in life, right? Because it's just like they're just nice and smooth, just skirting along mm. like a curling. Uh, what do you call those? A stone, right? On a curling, uh, on a curling field, whatever. Field. I don't know what you would call that in English, but okay. Chad is saying silver spoon. That's probably the English version, right? Yeah, silver spoon. That's true. So yeah. Yeah. But my biggest pet peeve in life, Cinderin, across it's a everything, rink. That's right. it's called a rink. Is a sore winner. Nothing is worse than a sore winner. And I know you just saw me being a sore winner on the stream yep. before this. Yep. It's the first time I've ever done that because. Guess what? The guy that I was shit talking was a Laker fan, and he was a pile of shit, and he started it. <laughs> yes, so that's that's the <laughs> that's exception. The only he was that's a Lakers the... fan picking Tinker. And, yeah, yeah. Tinker's bad <laughs> enough, but if you're a Laker fan picking Tinker, just get the fuck out of here, man. But yeah, Lakers are much worse. They're given everything. The league caters to them. The media caters to them. Every time I watch any NBA NBA shows, even if the Lakers suck, they talk about them for half the fucking episode. It's just Jesus Christ, get over yourselves already. Uh, and of course, the worst part is they don't realize that the the entire league is rigged towards them. Um, mm. but you know that's just my opinion, Cinder. I hate yeah. Okay. Okay. Next next question is and last question is from Teddy. 
Question for the patch discussion. What heroes would you guys get stats on before putting points on an ability? That's a good question. So obviously the way this should be read is not that your skill stats level one. Right. Because you do that on nobody, but who you prioritize stats on over another ability. There's only two heroes that come to mind for me. There might be more, but I would consider it on Anti-Mage and Jugger. Uh, on Anti-Mage, I would consider it after, you know, the good old burning build was 1-1-1, and then you would take a lot of stats. I could see that being a build. I could see it with maybe two in Mana Break. Uh, I could even see a build with 1-4-1 and then stats um, along the way. And on Juggernaut, we actually saw this in the DPC. Uh, Nico Baby went for a build on Jugger where he had a lot of points and stats with, I think he was 4-3-1, and then he took a lot of stats on Jugger. Hmm. Um, could definitely see that being a build on that hero. Aside from that, not really sure where I would go for the extra stats. Nothing really comes to mind. There's probably one or two that I'm missing, but it, it's pretty niche thing to run. Like a like this was kind of back in the day, and I'm assuming it still kind of works. Like the whole anti mage, if you're against like a shadow demon, for example, you don't want to get like max mana burn because you're just gonna get mana right. burned yourself. So you just take yep. one or even none, and you just take stats instead. So mm-hmm. yeah, I could I could definitely see that. But feels like you, you were saying this last time, and I agree that for the most part, skills have been improved so much that it's not really super viable anymore. Like back in the day, I remember there was heroes that. You would look at their skills. They have like two amazing oh. skills and then just two absolute garbage tier ones. And that's really not the case mm. anymore. So. I saw in chat, they suggested Meepo. That's true. I think that's a hero you do it on. You get one in Ransack and then you get stats over Ransack probably. Because mm. it's only lifesteal. It's not like it doesn't have the slow that Geostrike used to have. So um, that is probably worth it. it oh, well, it does a bit of damage, right? I still think the stats are probably better. Meepo could be a good hero for it. Okay. Uh, that brings us to the end of a historically short, short episode, episode, uh, episode 101. So thank you for watching, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you again to our beautiful sponsor, The Gradient of Disorder. Again, check out their YouTube album and their store and whatnot. You know something we also didn't talk Also on Spotify, about? just like the podcast. That's right. Also on Spotify. Subscribe. Um, Subscribe. You know, something we didn't talk about, which it's too late now, but the Oscars will actually happen before the next episode. We didn't make predictions. Oh. Uh, okay, I'll make a quick prediction. Okay. Uh, it's, okay, it's not a prediction. It's, it's a hope. Is that okay? It's a okay. hope. I hope that Anthony Hopkins wins Best Actor for The Father because it's the best mm-hmm. acting performance I've ever seen in my life. And I hope that... It's about merit because, you know, Academy Awards can kind of sometimes be iffy in terms of mm-hmm. like either being political or if somebody's owed an Academy Award from the past, they kind of just give it to them instead of just looking at it. I don't know. Academy Awards are kind of all over the place, but yeah, Anthony Hopkins did a great job. So hopefully he wins. There are so many categories. Yeah. I mean, the only major it's ones surprising. are like best actor, best supporting actor, and then actress and actress best picture well. right. and best picture and best director are the main ones um yeah and of course parasite won i believe last year so man it has been yep already a year jeez good stuff okay thanks for watching until next time suns fan and cinder and signing out goodbye Bye. we say subscribe don't mean anything but thanks for listening